Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Praise be to God. It's good to be here. Howdy, howdy. Good morning to you. What are you up to today on this Wednesday morning? Today is Wednesday, February 1st, 2023. It is the feast day of St. Bridget of, of Ireland. I almost said Bridget of, of Sweden. I always get them confused. <laughs> and uh, in 436, a daughter was born to an Irish lord and called Bridget at, in baptism. Bridget discovered that her beauty was the cause of so many flattering attentions, and she prayed that her beauty be taken from her so that no one would seek her hand in marriage. Her prayer was granted, and the loss of an eye, either by disease or an accident, so changed her face that those who had admired her turned away in disgust or in pity, and she regained her beauty only after making her vows, and she actually made her vows to St. Patrick himself. Her father was happy to find her disposed to lead a religious life, and she founded the first religious house of women in Ireland, and by the sign of the cross, she worked many miracles, and she was warned of her death. And at the age of 87, she died at her first monastery on February 1st, 523. Very cool. St. Bridget of Ireland, not Sweden, pray for us. Isn't she also the one who had the vision of the lake of beer? Uh, I've never heard of that before, but... <laughs> I, I think it was her. Sounds Irish, I suppose. <laughs> I, I, I'm like pretty certain that it was her, that she was... She was talking. It wasn't a vision. It was a analogy. She was speaking to the Irish people and trying to explain what heaven would be like. And they weren't huh. and they weren't getting it. And he was, she was trying <laughs> to explain it. And they were just like, no, nah, it doesn't ring a bell. It doesn't I'm not I'm not seeing it now. Just imagine for a second, you know, I don't know, something crazy like uh, like a beer. And they were uh, like, oh, uh, I know. So heaven is going to be great. I get it. <laughs> And so that's uh, that was a allegedly a story of Bridget of Ireland. She used a lake of beer. She's like, it'll be like a lake of beer. Every your whole family being there, hanging around <laughs> the the lake, and, uh, and they, uh, the Irish people were like, oh, this is great. I definitely want to do that. What do I got to do? Sign me up. So I guess there you go. Just don't drink too much of the lake don't and swim at the same the time. Yeah, know. it would it would not be good. It would not be good. Uh, before I forget. We are giving away a Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 in polar white. It's icy. Yes. Just like Houston today. Just like Houston today, yeah. So I woke up. I was, this is too cold. I had to warm up my car again. This is two days in a row. What's up with that? <laughs> but you can get your raffle tickets, $25 for one ticket and or five for $100. And you can go to grnonline.com to get your raffle tickets or contact your local general manager. Go find out who your local general manager is. If you don't know... You need to know. Go visit them. Go harass them. Tell them Adrian sent you. And uh, go buy your raffle tickets directly from them if you want to be a real champion. And uh, and ask if you can sell some for them if you want to be a participant in helping us spread the gospel message with the GRN. All the money goes to the mission of the Guadalupe Radio Network. So be generous and buy a ticket and you might win a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250. Uh, before I forget, that's uh, the to, on the show today. We, I, for one, I went back to college yesterday. By the way, uh, <laughs> I sat in on, on the class yesterday of one of my old professors. It's a lot of fun. I'll tell you about it in the after show. It's a pretty interesting conversation we had. 
At 15 past the hour, I'm going to bring up the, the Tyrone Nichols case because I mentioned it yesterday, but I didn't get to do much uh, discussion of it. So we're going to bring it up again today. There's a lot to talk about there. At 30 past the hour, we have John Horvat with the Return to Order uh, website on with us to discuss the pro-life movement and a look back at the 2023 March for Life. And in the next hour, uh, let's talk about art a little bit. Have you heard of Masterworks? Recently, I've been starting to see a ton of ads for this this thing called Masterworks. And I'm going to be honest, I'm not a fan. Uh, let's discuss in the next hour. And uh, one last thing before I, I forget is, uh, Rudy, you said, uh, are you willing to, to tell us uh, what you're planning to name your daughter? Oh, yes, of course. Yeah. So I was uh, pleasantly surprised today. Uh, we, we celebrate uh, uh, St. Bridget of Ireland, and uh, that's actually the name we're going to bestow upon our, our new, our, our daughter that is to come in March. So thanks be to God. St. Bridget, pray for us. You said uh, St. Bridget of Sweden. Don't, you said not St. Bridget of Sweden. So I just wanted to clarify. I, I wouldn't mind St. Bridget of uh, Sweden's prayers today as well. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, all, all St. Bridget's, please pray for us today. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. But I always get their stories confused, and it's always it's always chaos. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I I, I, I mix stories. It's a together. lovely name, by the way. I, I love that name. Random tangent before we need to jump in. Uh, Blessed Mari or Saint Mariana de Jesus. There are three of them. There's one who's a saint, one who's a blessed, and one who's a servant of God. And I conflate their stories and mix them together. And they're all from Ecuador. <laughs> and I and so and I get them so confused and it drives me nuts and uh, so anyway that's side tangent but let's jump in we're gonna jump into our prayer and we're gonna pray for your needs we're gonna pray for all the stories we're gonna talk about today we're gonna pray that our ladies will be done and that her hand be moving and all of the things we talk about today and we'll pray for a, a safe delivery of of uh, Rudy's daughter Bridget. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your breaking news with Rudy Carlos. Good morning. Thanks for tuning in to Catholic Drive Time. Today is Wednesday, February the 1st. Make sure to pay your rent, mortgage, whatever you need to get done today. I'm Rudy Carlos with your latest breaking news and stories. This one is from Breitbart. Headline goes, pregnancy is not a disease. Pro-life groups blast Biden administration for considering abortion public health emergency declaration. This is on the heels of the removal of the public health emergencies for COVID. Pro-life groups are pushing back on the Biden administration for falsely treating pregnancy like a disease after Axios broke the news on Tuesday that the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services is weighing the possibility of declaring a public health emergency over abortion. 40 Days for Life CEO and President Sean Carney told Breitbart News, that the Biden administration is angry that the Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade and they're taking that out on pro-life Americans. Catholic News Agency reports OpenAI releases tool to detect AI-generated text, including from ChatGPT. Sorry, college students, OpenAI has launched a tool that attempts to distinguish between human-written and AI-generated text. 
like the text produced by the company's own ChatGPT and GPT-3 models. The classifier isn't particularly accurate. Its success rate is around 26%. OpenAI notes, but uh, it argues that when used in tandem with other methods, it could be useful in helping prevent AI text generated uh, from being abused. The Washington Times reports FDA is ramping foods program to move past constant turmoil. The agency that oversees 80% of the foods Americans eat is announcing that uh, it's it's going to be, uh, uh, excuse me, the announcement follows months of scrutiny of the FDA over contamination at a Michigan factory that led to a nationwide infant formula shortage. And it follows a scathing report that found the FDA's food division was plagued by decentralized leadership, indecisiveness, and a culture of constant turmoil that impeded actions to protect public health. And this is a really cool article. This is from the Post Millennial. The headline is Korean Local Council Proposes Teaching Children That Sex Is Meant For Marriage And Not Before. The proposed ordinance contains a total of 22 articles emphasizing chastity before marriage, with a stated purpose to create a school culture in which students, faculty, and guardians respect sex and bioethics. After receiving the official letter, the Seoul Metropolitan Office for Education posted a notice seeking opinions from elementary, middle, and high school teachers, and the Seoul Teachers Union responded by calling for the immediate withdrawal of this bizarre ordinance that it believes violates the Constitution. And those were your headline news this morning. God love you. The gospel of the day is from Mark chapter 6, verses 1 through 6. Then he left the place and withdrew to his own countryside. His disciples followed him. Here, when the Sabbath came, he began teaching in the synagogue, and many were astonished when they heard him. How did he come by all this, they said? What is the meaning of this wisdom that has been given him? of all these wonderful works that are done by his hands. Is not this the carpenter, the son of Mary, the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? Do not his sisters live here near us? And they had no confidence in him. Then Jesus said to them, It is only in his own country, in his own home, and among his own kindred that a prophet goes unhonored. Nor could he do any wonderful works there except that he laid his hands on a few who were sick and cured them. He was astonished at their unbelief, and so he went on round about the villages preaching the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. At the Alpha Cat, so the, the commentary will be from Cornelius Lapide and St. Thomas Aquinas today, and Aquinas quoting the Alpha Cat says, after the miracles which have been related, the Lord returns into his own country. Not that he was ignorant that they would despise him, but they might not have a reason to say, if thou hadst come, we had believed thee. This is important to note because our Lord doesn't make mistakes. Our Lord isn't surprised by anything. He knew that he would be rebuked by his people. Yet he went anyway because he knew that if he did not go, the people would say, well, it's not our fault that we didn't follow you. You never told us. And so we had never had the chance. We would have followed you if you had come, if you had told us. Um, but it's very clear that that's not the case, that our Lord did come to them, came to them directly and clearly, and yet they did not believe. 
They were in admiration at his doctrine. Literally, they admired in his doctrine. This is a Hebraism. Thus, they say, I touch in the hand instead of I touch the hand. Or I believe in God instead of I believe God. Or I admire in wisdom for I admire wisdom. It's very interesting, the the usage of words in that manner. Pseudo-Jerome says, Jesus is called the son of a workman. Of that one, however, whose work was the morning and the sun. That's another important point, because as a being the son of the carpenter, the son of a workman, it's clear that they're referring to Joseph. But because all things uh, are used for the glory of God, it is also clear that the workman, St. Joseph being a worker, reflects the glory of the Father who creates uh, the heavens and the earth. And so in both senses, it is true. He is both the worker, the son of the worker, Joseph, and yet he is also the son of the Father who created heaven and earth. Bede says, for although human things are not to be compared with divine, still the type is complete because the Father of Christ works by fire and spirit. It goes on, the brother of James and Joseph and Jude and of Simon and are not his sisters here with us? They bear witness that his brothers and sisters were with him, who nevertheless are not to be taken for the sons of Joseph or of Mary, as heretics say. That's very interesting. Cornelius Alapide says, they are not the sons of Mary, which is clear. All Catholics agree with that. But here's where many Catholics disagree. He says, they are not the sons of Joseph. That's also interesting. And because many people will say, well... They're probably, they could be cousins, but they're probably the sons of Joseph from a previous marriage. I don't think that's true. I think Joseph is a perpetual virgin like Our Lady. And it's also interesting that Cornelius Alapide, he says, as the heretics say, because remember, during his time, he's mostly responding to Protestants. And so he was saying the heretics would say that Joseph had kids and the heretics would say that Our Lady had kids. But I say that is not the case. He says, as is usual in scripture, we must understand them to be relations as Abraham and Lot are called brothers, though Lot was the brother's son to Abraham. And they were offended at him. The stumbling and errors of the Jews is our salvation and the condemnation of heretics for so much do they despise the Lord Jesus Christ as to call him a carpenter and son of a carpenter. Yes, what they, what they intended for evil, God intended for good. This is an important lesson that we can carry with us in everything we do. Because though the enemies of the church will say things that attack us, it's actually the hostile witnesses that prove the faith evermore. And that might be an interesting conversation to have at a later date. The hostile witnesses, what they end up proving, what they end up showing forth in the truth of the gospel. Interesting conversation. Maybe we'll have it later on. All right, we're going to head to break. And when we come back, the Tyra Nichols case, what is that all about? We'll talk about it on the other side of this break. Hey, Sita, how do you ask, do you love Catholic radio in German? Liebst du das katholische Radio? How about support it by purchasing car raffle tickets for a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250? Unterstütze es mit dem Kauf eines Tickets, mit dem du einen 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250 gewinnen kannst. Hmm, okay. How about get yours at grnonline.com forward slash raffle? Kauf eins auf grnonline.com forward slash raffle. Thank you. I needed that for a PSA. Cool. When are you recording it? Right now. Oh, danke. 
Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. Your church most likely has a praise and worship time. Would you be surprised to know that the songs you sing might have nothing to do with worship? So here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, history. Praise and worship was not a term used until the mid-60s when the Jesus people music started becoming more complex and contemporary. By the late 70s, praise and worship had become an entire entity of its own. Secondly, what is worship? It's a sacrifice. It's not singing a soft, flowy song with hands raised. The New Testament writers understood that worship was a sacrifice, that it occurred on an altar, which was and is known as the place of slaughter. Thirdly, the altar is for you. Jesus, in the holy sacrifices of the Mass, invites you to participate in His timeless sacrifice of love that truly occurs on the altar. No nightclub effects, no entertainment, no pumped-up emotion. Oh, and please don't register for the next Praise and Worship Global Seminar. Why? Because you can't teach praise and it won't include worship. Yikes! And we're back. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. And today, well, we're going to talk about something that's a little a little contentious in the news recently. And it's rather interesting how it's gone in and out of the news. It's It was not the largest story that everybody thought it was going to be. And that was the, the Tyrone Nichols case. And I want to relate it also back to the Paul Pelosi case. We talked a little bit about that yesterday, so I'm going to start with that real quick and just give a a summary of what happened with the Paul Pelosi case. During the Paul Pelosi case, what we found out was there was a lot of incompetence in regards to the call screener. It seemed to me, and you can check out, find the uh, the audio of the transcript or read the transcript or listen to the audio. Listening to the audio really makes it clear. If you listen to the audio, the person who was li- who was taking the the call screener when they called nine one one did not do their job well. It was actually really bad. The whenever Paul Pelosi called in, it was very clear he was trying to tip her off. Please call the police. Please send police to my location. He was like, "Hey, look, I'm I'm the husband of Nancy Pelosi." There's a man that I don't know who's here, who says that he knows me. He says he's my friend, but I don't know him. He won't go away. He said everything's fine. I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't say that, but he says everything's fine. And the, uh, the person is clearly there with him. So they should have sent the police immediately. And then when they open the door and they answer the, the call, they see him, them both holding a hammer and the police don't do anything until after he, the guy takes the hammer and strikes Paul Pelosi. Now, there are a lot of weird things going on with that case that, that could be discussed, and maybe they should be discussed, but that's not really what I care about right now. What I care about is the negligence and incompetence of the police in this situation. And what a lot of people will say is, that what a lot of people will say is, hey, look, they need more training and they need more of this, they need more of that. What amount of training fixes just people who are not good at their job? I, I presume, I could be wrong, it would be good to investigate the call screening uh, for the San Francisco Police Department. What is their training like? Do they get good training? I presume that they do. Maybe they need more training. That's something to look into. But maybe the, the woman who was doing the job was just wasn't good at the job. 
maybe she was just not good. Or maybe she's great at the job and it was, she was just having a bad day. And that happens. The problem is in these kind of jobs, when you have a bad day, people's lives are in danger. So that's, that comes a grave problem. But I've seen many, many cases where uh, call screeners will hang up on the person that calls in because the person was, was freaking out too much. They're like, sir, calm down. Sir, I said calm down. And they, the guy is freaking out. And so they said, okay, well, if you're not going to be able to talk to me clear, clearly, then I'm not talking to you. And they hang up on them. You can see those. You can find those audio online. That's tragic. Like, people are bleeding out and they're freaking out. Like, sir, I can't help you unless you give me your address. Well, I, he, the person is, is currently, like, bleeding out or someone near them is dying. And they have a lack of, they have a lack of care for these people. And I don't know what it is. You'd think that someone who's involved in this kind of job would try to figure it out. So, there's some problems here. And maybe some training would help, but maybe... Screening the people you hire to begin with needs to become more rigorous. And that brings me to the Tyro Nichols case. The Tyro Nichols case is interesting because immediately all of the media came out and said this was white supremacy. We then find out that this was in Memphis, Tennessee, which has a 58% black police force. They have the chief of police is black. The 64% of the population of Memphis is black. All the officers involved in the case were black. And the victim was black. And so how has this become a white supremacy situation? And the problem with immediately blaming white supremacy is now we can't address the real problem. Now we have to deal with talking about something that's useless, something that doesn't actually help anything, whenever we should be trying to figure out, okay, what caused this and how can we do better in the future? Let's do an analysis. What did we learn from the situation? And so I'm not really going to address the white supremacy angle of this because I just think it's so absurd. It makes zero sense. The idea that it was white supremacy that caused this attack. It's the boogeyman that is the, the blame, to blame for everything. And so I don't want to really talk about that too much. Immediately people were talking about, okay, well, maybe these were diversity hires. Maybe it was because they lowered their standards to, to hiring. And they didn't do good background checks. Well, they started releasing the biographies on these uh, police officers, and I was reading through them. And it seemed to me, and maybe more things will come to light over t uh, as time comes through, but only one of the officers, Officer Haley, was accused of beating an inmate eight years ago at a prison that he was working at. That's a concern. If you have someone who has a history of violence like that, maybe they shouldn't be on the police force. But the other people seem to be, at least on paper, they seem to be okay. And they didn't seem to have any red flags. Now, I say seem to be because obviously we don't know all the details of these people's lives. And I'm sure we will find out. I'm sure that will be revealed. The other thing is, we don't know what happened before. Now, we have the footage. I watched some of the footage. I didn't watch all of it. But we, we don't have a toxicology report of what was in Tyro Nichols' body. We don't know what happened before. There's a lot of questions. Was he high on drugs? And they, there, was a, there was a suggestion that that happened. Uh, I heard that someone said that, they, that he reached for a gun, and they were freaking out that way. Uh, did he die from the beatings, or did he die from something else? And was it personal? These are all important things to note. It doesn't justify what happened at the end, because if you watch the footage, it's very, very clear. What those officers did at the end was bad. It was very, very bad and very ugly what happened there. 
and that nothing can justify what happened because it was five on one and he was already on the ground. The situation had already been solved. And then they bring him up and start fighting him and start beating him. And they beat him to a pulp. So obviously that's wrong. But I'm curious to know what led to that situation. And we saw him run at a certain point. Uh, many people were saying, well, he ran because they were already being violent and they were already being uh, overly aggressive. And he was in, in fear of his life. So he ran for, to, fear, to, to escape them. Not because he was running from the police, but because he was running to save his life. So that's, that's also something that might, it might be true. We have to wait to find out more information about what was going on. And like I said, none of these things will justify what they did at the end, but it does set up a situation. It does give more context and makes the situation, maybe they're they're still guilty of second-degree murder or maybe first-degree murder, but they may not be guilty of other things. So it's important to know. The actual beating, from what we can see, like I said, is is not good. But what we know of the, the facts of the case is, he was pulled over for reckless driving. He was then, there was, a, there was a confrontation in which Nichols fled. The police, five of them, was chasing him. They caught him. And so afterwards, and they, and they beat him. Afterwards, seven police officers were punished. Five were punished that we know of that were there. And we have an additional two that have recently, they said the, the deputy came out and uh, two deputies were put on leave. They're not revealing their name or anything about them. And that's an important thing to, to note as well, that they, there's two deputies on site that they're investigating as well. Something happened there we don't know about. And three EMTs were fired, and I couldn't find information on why that was the case. They're saying that they didn't provide adequate care. See, that's interesting. Is, is Memphis, Tennessee just, just horrible at training? Because the EMTs, what, what would be, why would the EMTs not do their job? Uh, well, I, I, my father is a, is a captain with, for the Houston police, de- uh, fire department, not police department, fire department. Uh, my dad was an EMT for my, most of my childhood. And I'm very familiar. I know a lot of, uh, pl- uh, firemen. I know a lot of policemen. I know a lot of EMTs. Um, the very close to my family. My, my uncle is also in the fire department. Many, and many of my friends and family are there. So I don't know an EMT who doesn't, doesn't care for their patient. All of them care, and even some of them who are just like, because oh, you get kind of jaded in that kind of job. You're constantly seeing people die, and you kind of, and it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't do you good. But every single person I know would have helped them, and would have immediately been like, okay, what do I need to do to save this guy? And so it, it's that's kind of shocking. Is there just kind of this jadedness in Memphis? Like this, that needs to be talked about. What's happening there? The, the crime rate in Memphis, Tennessee is outrageous. It's absolutely skyrocketing. And what happened here is this organ, they, they created this group called Scorpion. And Scorpion is supposed to be this anti-crime force. And apparently it was succeeding in lowering crime. And so this gets me to the next point. The reactions to this case are overblown. Because what I think, and I'm wanting to know your thoughts, so if you're watching online, comment down below, join us on our social media streams, and maybe during the after show we can get to your comments on this and get your thoughts. What law could be put in place, or what training could be put in place to have fixed this situation, to have solved this? 
because people are saying, okay, we need this shows we need police reform. This shows that we need X, Y, or Z. This shows that we need to change a law, make a new law. The Tyro law is what people are saying. What law would that be? What would have solved this? Because from what I see here is it seems to me that this was an act of evil. And it's, it's that some person has just was a, these people were just not good people. And no law would have solved that. Just like if someone decides they want to murder someone, they don't care that, that murder is illegal. They're just going to do it anyway. And so people are talking about, okay, well, they need to get rid of immunity for the police officers. And well, maybe that's the case. Maybe that's something that needs to be discussed. But that doesn't help this case. It has nothing to do with this case. People are saying they lower their standards. And I was looking at what they were talking about. And they're talking about their education standards. Why do you need a college degree to become a police officer? They said you need 52 credit hours in school, and they changed that. They got lowered it. Why do you need a degree to get it to be in uh, to be a police officer or a fireman? That doesn't make any sense to me. I my father, when he joined the fire department, they didn't require a a degree. You just had to have a high school diploma, but you have to go through the training, and their training needs to be good. So that should be something that's in, that looked at. But no amount of training would prevent someone who has this darkness in their heart willing to do something like that to someone. So maybe that needs to be looked at. And disbanding Scorpion, maybe it's good to disband him because of public image, but what about the crime there? Now the crime is going to skyrocket? We're going to have less policing? This is not going to be good for the community. We have to care about the community as well. And the media, uh, the many celebrities were saying, you got to watch the whole video. And I was thinking, well, sure, yeah, we need to watch the whole video. If, if But if you think that, what about... Abortion cases. Should we watch abortions? What about the Muslims beheading Catholics in other countries? Should people be forced to watch that? That was also an interesting thing to me. So there's a lot of things that need to be discussed in the situation, and I don't have answers, but I think this is things that we need to discuss as a community so that way we don't have this happen again. But ultimately, in the end of the day, we need to pray for the souls of these people that are involved. We need to pray that these people have a repentance of heart. And the reposes souls. And we have to remember, I really love what his mother said. His mother said, I forgive them. And their families don't deserve the backlash that's coming to them. They didn't do it. And I think that's a beautiful message. Forgiveness. And that should be on our hearts today. We'll be right back with John Horvath. Does Jesus condemn praying the rosary in Matthew 6, 7 when he says, as the King James renders it, use not vain repetitions as the heathens do? Protestants think so. What's the Catholic response? First, Jesus is not condemning repetitious prayer per se. If he were, well then he would be condemning himself, since according to Mark 14, 39, he prayed multiple times, Father, remove this cup, not what I will, but what you will. But that's absurd. So what was Jesus condemning? He was condemning Gentile prayers, which were mindless repetitious prayers, as the Greek text suggests. The Gentiles recited prayers only to appease their gods. They were, as the RSV translates it, empty phrases, having nothing to do with expressing one's love for the gods. That's what Jesus is condemning, not the repetitious prayer of the rosary. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. I bet you're wondering to yourself, 
How can I win a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C? Easy. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Only $25 a ticket or five tickets for $100. The drawing is February 24th, 2023. So, do you feel lucky? Well, do ya? Howdy, howdy. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. This is your host, Adrian Fonseca. I'm so glad that you're joining us today. And and today, we are talking to Mr. John Horvat with the TFP, with the American Defense for Tradition, Family, and Property. He's also the author of, I believe, hundreds of articles on his website, Return to Order. And he's also the author of the book, Return to Order, of course. And so he's on with us for to talk about the March for Life in 2023. Uh, what's the plan for the pro-life movement in the future? What are we? What was the, the pro-life movement like? Um, what was the march like this year with everything being different, with Roe being overturned? 13 states have banned abortion, but what's next? Uh, but before we do so, good morning to you, Mr. Horvat. Morning. Great to be on the show. Absolutely. It's good to see you. And, you know, before we get started with that, what were your thoughts on the, the whole Madonna thing? I'm sure you've you heard about that situation. Uh, do you have any thoughts about that? Just cor- cor- I mean, it, It's abominable. I mean, it just almost you, you just wonder how far they can go, what they how far down they can go. Um, our our website, uh, TFP.org, we're hoping to do a, a petition against it and uh, launch that maybe on Saturday. So uh, we're going to try to do, at least start the, the protest. I like very much your idea also about uh, protesting outside the venues where she is because she offends all Catholics, and especially she offends Our Lady. Amen. Amen. Yes, that definitely. So make sure y'all are, if you're not on a newsletter with the TFP or America Needs Fatima, y'all need to go and do that. So that way y'all keep up to date with things like this because... This is some, a very simple action that you and I can take, signing a petition against something, uh, some of these evils. And I recommend taking the, the further step in helping in, our, in, in protests against these evils. But Mr. John Horvat, uh, what was the, the uh, pro-life uh, rally like at the March for Life this year? I know the theme was marching forward. I thought that was very interesting because the uh, people kind of have this idea of what they want to do with the pro-life movement moving forward. Uh, what what were your uh, impressions about the about the March for Life this year? Yes, I've been to a lot of March for Life, probably a cup, uh, maybe twenty or thirty. Twenty or thirty. It's been a, a long, long time. Uh, we didn't know what to expect, especially after the after Roe v. Wade was overturned. Uh, but we were uh, very pleasantly surprised that uh, a lot of people there. It was just oh, a seas of sea of people there. Uh, they say maybe 100, 130,000 people, which is which is a, a very good crowd, and uh, people were energized. They were willing to, if they wanted to go ahead. Uh, there, there was a lot of uh, uh, news in the media saying, well, the, the, the pro-life movement is divided. They don't know if they want to march or not march. Uh, that wasn't there at all. Everybody wanted to march. Everybody was was just as energized as they were before. So it was the atmosphere was was great. Absolutely great. Awesome. Praise be to God. And you know, the every year there's always there's always just a few counter protesters and there's usually not many. I've seen yeah. more counter protesters at local marches, but even then there's not always there's not rarely that many. But I did hear that there were more than usual this year. Is that the case? What did you see in terms of counter protesters? 
No, I didn't see any. Uh, well, I saw one. I think I saw one. Yes. Uh, it, I'm not a very good. I'm not very good searching at for them. But the New York Times is an expert. They always find, uh, <laughs> you know, a couple of them around. They 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 just like a magnet on them, and they take the best pictures of them. So, but uh, there were very few, very very few that I I saw. And I was I was went through the whole march until the very end. Uh, some other people did see others, but they were, it was negligible, absolutely negligible. Okay, that, that's good to know. I, I know I always find it very interesting how they, people try to pretend that the anti-life movement is humongous, but you never see a large turnout whenever they have these marches or these counter-protests. It's always just a trickle. It's, I always find mm. it interesting. Definitely, definitely. Uh, it, is that, it's, it is that way. I mean, they... The uh, the media loves to to put two pictures, you know, uh, uh, but they always show the pro-life movement uh, in in very close pictures, not the, the full pictures, you know, especially the, the liberal media, at least. So uh, they have to show up. The, the counter-protesters show up, I think, just as a photo op and mm. much more than than just a uh, a statement. Yeah. And, you know, the, the theme of the March for Life, I thought was incredibly interesting, uh, marching forward uh, to a post-Roe America. And, you know, they, earlier, before Roe v. Wade was overturned, the TFP was pamphleting about what does a post-Roe America look like. And I really liked that pamphlet because it, it really articulated that we can't go back to a pre-Roe America. Because if we do, we end up right back at Roe. So it kind of just makes sense. If you go to what happened before, you end up right back where you were. So we can't, we ha- we got to go further back. We can't just go back to that. Uh, how, uh, what exactly were y'all uh, pamphleting in, during the march and what was the reception like? Uh, we had a, a leaflet uh, ads exp- uh, saying that we need, of course, we need to, we cannot uh, rest on our laurels just because Roe v. Wade was overturned. We need to keep, we need to keep going in the fight. We, but we need to also broaden the fight to uh, to to uh, target the cause of the of abortion, or at least the cause of a lot of abortion, which is the sexual revolution. The sexual revolution is what makes possible the all the abortions that take place. That's where we should we should center our attention. We need to also keep up the fight against and legislation against abortion, but we also need to go to the cause. We can't just simply go to the effect of the of the uh, the sexual revolution. You know, many people who are pro-life are very. It's very unfortunate, but many of them are um, pro-contraception. A lot of the Protestants mm-hmm. are pro-contraception. They, they will say things like, I'm, I'm pro-choice. I'm pro-choice for, for three choices, uh, birth, adoption, or contraception. And they'll say things like that. So I'm going out and, and talking about these other issues like contraception, uh, marriage, yes. divorce, and these yes. kind of things, what kind of reception were, where did you get from the, the crowd? No, the crowd was very, very receptive because, uh, I mean, they're in general the uh, the majority probably do agree of, agree with us on these on these points. Um, but the obviously there will be those who will will disagree. But uh, uh, the crowd, I, I found them. I, I didn't have any problems. They were, I think they 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 resonated very well with the message that we that we were we were passing out. Good. Praise be to God. That's great to hear. I was I was very a little worried about that. And then the other thing that I think is it's kind of interesting is I've seen more people talk about, OK, what is the pro-life movement? I, I think I recall this coming from something like America magazine talking about, OK, well, the pro-life movement needs to evolve, needs to now go on to other issues and namely capital punishment. 
And I found that immediately very interesting that that's, um, there are movements on trying to direct the pro-life movement into other directions. So what's the situation uh, with the movement of the pro-life movement? Are they going to double down and just continue attacking abortion? Are they going to morph into more cultural issues? Or are they going to try to pivot to the left and start doing uh, capital punishment and things like that and, and poverty and things like that? Yeah, I mean, for 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 decades, the uh, the left. Let's just talk about the left. You know, they have ignored the the March for Life, uh, and now you know, all of a sudden, they're they're just coming out and say, yes, there is a march. Let's you need to go this way. You need to go that way. Try to deviate the march. New York Times had a piece saying, well, the pro life movement is divided. They need to go to other issues. So everybody's saying, let's go to other issues. Uh, but I, I, from what I saw at the march themselves. Uh, they're they're very focused. I mean, they're definitely those cultural issues need to be addressed, but they also are very focused on the issue. The, the more focus you have, the more intensity you have, and uh, and so I, I I feel they will be going. I mean, they they were very determined to keep marching as long as abortion is 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 legal in America, and of of course those other cultural issues need also to be part of that that of that battle. And that's what uh, at least what we're doing. We're trying to put these put put it on the table and saying. Let's uh, let's attack the whole thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think that's very important. And, you know, the the distractions that come, uh, how do people avoid the these distractions that start coming to us on the sides? Because Mm -hmm. the the enemy, when they realize that you're advancing, they try to they just try to flank you and try to deviate Mm -hmm. your path. How can we um, be vigilant against those kind of attacks and not just be caught up in it? Like, oh, well, the pro-life movement's going this way. I guess I'll go that way, too. Yeah, I think we definitely need to be aware of that and be vigilant. Uh, one of the things I think that uh, helps us in this regard is that the, the pro-life movement has been betrayed so many times by so many people, by bishops and, and judges and, uh, and congressmen and senators and presidents, that they are naturally very suspicious people. And they, they don't just go where people tell them to go because they know they've gotten stabbed in the bag so many times. So I, I think this 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 natural vigilance is still there, and 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 that's and and sometimes the more the other side or other people tell them to go the other one way, they say, well, let's stay on our path. It's the one that has got got us to where we are now. Let's keep let's keep going. So um, I, I think we just need to uh, to stay on focus and uh, go ahead. But I definitely this suspiciousness helps us along. That's good. That's good. Yeah, I, it's it really is a tragedy that the pro-life movement's been stabbed in the back so many times. Every every it felt like every year they were like, "Oh yes, we we got in the House, we got the Senate, and now it's going to be overturned." And it was and was not and was not. Oh, we elected a pro-life president. Oh no, nothing happened. Oh, we got right. the Supreme and and it just disappointment after disappointment. But now it seems like we're taking victory. So I think you're right. There are people are skeptical enough that they will be vigilant. Uh, we're about 30 seconds from a break, and so I won't ask you a follow-up question. But on the other side of the break, I want to ask you about if whether or not you've seen or you heard any of the talks that, they, that was given at the March for Life and see get your take on, on what would happen there. Uh, and afterwards, I also want to talk about what's going on uh, as America as a whole, looking at the whole thing in view. There's 13 states that have banned abortion. Um, what's, what's that situation like? And the, the Women's March happened the day after Let's compare and contrast the Women's March and then the Pro-Life March. And all of this is coming up with Mr. John Horvath on the other side of this break. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Marty, the 
GRN is raffling off a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. Whoa, Doc, that's heavy. What, are we going to have to, like, go back in time to get tickets? Not at all, Marty. Just call 888-784-3476 or go to grnonline.com. We better hurry, Marty. The drawing takes place February 24th, the year 2023. We really need one of those smartphones, Doc. Paragraph 2223 in the Catechism of the Catholic Church states that parents have the first responsibility for the education of their children. First and foremost, this is in regards to the education in the faith. One really fun way of doing this is to take a Catholic calendar and at the beginning of each month, choose a day to celebrate, either a saint's day or a feast day. For instance, on December 12th, the Feast of Our Lady of Guadalupe, Spread a serape across the table, have a Mexican food feast, and put on the mariachi music. Place a statue or a picture of Our Lady of Guadalupe in the middle of the table. Tell the kids who she is and why you're celebrating. Do this every month with a different saint or feast day, and imagine how much of the faith that you will learn together while you have fun as a Catholic family. This has been a Minute for Your Marriage and Family from the Three Hearts Institute. You can find us at threeheartsinstitute.org. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. And here's a couple more headlines for you. This one is from Breitbart. Hollywood celebrities facing legal action after promoting crypto and NFTs. Hollywood celebrities are looking to make looking to make a quick buck endorsing cryptocurrencies or NFTs are now being told to think twice as angry customers or consumers rather who experience losses are taking the stars to court in some cases celebrities are accused of failing to disclose that they were being compensated or were investors in a crypto product or an nft while they were also promoting it and this story is from the national catholic register this uh, headline is priest in mexico recounts amazing confession of accident victim he stopped to help after getting into a bad car accident on a highway in Mexico, a young man was approached by a Catholic priest at a scene and made a surprising request. He says, I want to confess. Today I was going down the road with my parents and my brother Alex, and at one point a car began to pass us. Suddenly the driver lost control and began to spin through the air. It almost came down on top of us, the Mexican priest recounted. He continues saying, we stopped to assist to see if he needed any help, and we called 911. The young man got out of the car, extremely terrified, pale, the priest related. Father Nuno continued, I told him I'm a priest, and he's a doctor. You need anything? And he said, I want to confess, he replies, an amazing confession. The Lord granted him to be born again, Father Nuno wrote. Maybe today is a great day to consider going to confession. Think about that. Visit your, uh, your, your closest Catholic church, make an appointment to make a confession. Praise be to God. Those are your headline news this morning. God love you. Thank you, Rudy, for keeping us up to date. And before I forget, make sure you go to grnonline.com to get your car raffle tickets. We are raffling a Mercedes-Benz CLA 250. A ticket's $25 or five for $100. You can get that grnonline.com. Uh, but let's jump back into our interview with Mr. John Horvat. given during the March 5th this year? I didn't get to see it, to hear too many because uh, it is a vast operation. 
there's a, there were I, I I did go up to the around the stage area and did it, it you know heard one or another comments, but the, the you <laughs> it, you there's the the rally part and then there's the march part and the march part is already being developed while the rally part is going on, and so I was more involved in the rally part trying mm-hmm. to I mean the the march part getting people set up getting pre- things in line uh you know, doing all sorts it was. It's quite an evolved process. So I didn't get to hear the, the hear the. I heard about them. I mean, there were some very good speakers there. Uh, I know that the uh, the um, the Miss um, Mrs. Benzini, the the organizer, was was very. Uh, she said, "No, we're going to keep on marching, keep on marching. This is not the the beginning or the end. It's not even the be- beginning of the end, but the end of the beginning. We're mm-hmm. just going to keep. We're going to keep on going." And I think her comments pretty much. Um, summarized you know what what a lot of people said on on this on stage wonderful wonderful and you know one thing that i found interesting it was very it was different from every year we've ever had the march for life was where the march for life ended it did not end in front of the courthouse um instead it ended it in front of i believe the senate correct is that is that accurate well in front of the capitol now it's funny because it's pretty much the same place because the the, the road that divides these the capital from the Supreme Court is the same road. Mm. So, but we instead of going straight up to the Supreme Court, we uh, turned la- turned right and went over and went past a lot of the um, office buildings of the of the legislators, and then we ended up in front of the Capitol, but also in front of the Supreme Court. So. Uh-huh. It was, it was, we just came in the other way, the, uh, the opposite way. And so it, uh, we were familiar with the area. It was a longer march, actually, because we made that detour. Hmm. Interesting. Was there a, was it a practical reason why they did that? Or was there a symbolic reason why they did that? It was, it was symbolic, simply saying, well, we're going to pass by all the legislative offices just to, to show that we are showing ourselves to them and not the Supreme Court anymore. Uh, when we got up to the area of the Supreme Court, uh, the idea was to turn toward the Capitol and not turn to the Supreme Court. So that's what happened. And, and it worked. It definitely worked. Good, good. Wonderful. And so that gives up, brings us to a great uh, follow-up, which is what is the state of um, the pro-life movement across America? We think some people might be under the misconception that now that Roe v. Wade is overturned, that now means that abortion is banned in America, but that's not the case. Abortion is, has uh, been banned in 13 states, um, but many, many states still have abortion. Some are even increasing their uh, the status of abortions, me- making all the way to nine months, um, and others have various degrees of restrictions. Uh, so what is the state of the pro-life movement and the abortion issue in America? Well, definitely uh, Roe v. Wade threw it back into the states, but it doesn't necessarily mean that uh, there is no federal uh, legislation or, 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 or things that can, should be done, that can be done in, uh, in Washington. So Washington is still definitely a target because the Democrats can put in a, a codification of, of abortion into federal law, which would overturn all the restrictions in the states and make it and be Roe v. Wade on steroids. So oh, wow. we we need to be there in Washington and fight against the against what could happen there, could easily happen in there. But there's still there there is a lot of action now taking place in the states, and there are a lot of pro life marches taking place in the states as well. But one does not exclude the other. 
you know, they're, they usually take place on different days and, and, and one gains energy from the other. So there, I don't see any problem with that. So there, there is a lot of action taking place in the States and, and rightly so they need to, they, they need to do that. But, uh, the, the final goal has always been the elimination of abortion, uh, from America, regardless of what state you, you live in. If it, if you, if your state bans abortion, that's fine, but you're, you're going to work until it's, it's gone everywhere. That includes California, New York, New Jersey, and other places that, that, that are very radical in their approach to it. And what are your thoughts about how that can happen? Because, you know, we, we said that we we're sending things back to the states. And, you know, I've been listening to a lot of political commentators talk about it. Most, or if not all of them, are pro-life. But uh, there's a division about what, how that should go about. Uh, many, if not most, are saying things like, well, this is a states' rights issue, and it should have been states' rights issue, so we need to get this overturned in every state. And surely that's a good and uh, worthwhile thing to attempt. Uh, but... It, to me, it just seemed like it seemed very odd because if we believe that there are children being murdered, then right. why would that not be a federal issue? Why would we not want that banned on a federal level when people are saying, no, 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 this is a state's rights issue? And it just didn't make sense to me. What's your analysis of this? Definitely. Uh, no, that's is why go through all the, the 50, 50, uh, 50 processes when one could do it. Just as the Democrats want to codify Roe v. Wade with one fell swoop in the in the Congress, our, our strategy should also include uh, codifying uh, Dobbs in in uh, in Congress to ensure the safety the the uh, the lives of the unborn in Congress and and codify it for the whole country. So you know, do exactly the opposite of what the left is doing, and that that is going to be one of the fights in the future, I'm sure. Absolutely. And I don't want anybody to, to uh, take that to who mean like I'm not one of the right. uh, absolutists. Right, right, everywhere. Right. Right. Exactly. And if we're, we can, we'll take whatever victories we can at every step of the way. Uh, you know, just to to take this to a higher level, I was talking about the, the Gospel of Luke, chapter 14 to, uh, this morning and about how the uh, the the parable of the towers and how our Lord is asking us to lift our minds to higher things. And by our lifting our minds to higher things, we can have a better and a greater outlook on the battlefield uh, that we're in, the world, the flesh, and the devil. Yes. And so if I was reading Professor Plinio talking about the holy innocence. And whenever he, I did, he mentioned how one of the gravest evils of abortion is the fact that these children are dying without baptism. And I feel like this is rarely, mm -hmm. if, if never, talked about uh, I just want to—I'll just throw that out there and let you pick up whatever thread you want to pick up. Well, definitely, yeah. It's not it, life is important, but life, uh, eternal life, is more important, and that—that's—that's that's the real tragedy of all. Because these these souls are de are, are are destined for heaven. They're they are made for heaven, and we are depriving them of not just uh, human life, but eternal happiness and and God's glory is therefore is, is lessened as well. So we need to definitely consider that as the highest reason for our fight. Amen. And uh, I want to, you have to take off uh, at 55 after, so I want to mm -hmm. fit in here uh, the, the question about the, the Women's March. Did you get to see the Women's March? Um, and if you did, what were your thoughts about uh, comparing, contrasting the Women's March and the Pro-Life March? Yeah, my good friend, uh, John Ritchie, who is uh, head of TFP Student Action, he went. Uh, it, was, it took place on Sunday. Uh, it was, uh, there were 2,000 people there mm. instead of 120,000 on the other side. So that already we have a compare, compare contrast. 
Uh, it was, uh, but he said it was a, a absolute, uh, there's no, no comparison at all. Uh, it was very badly organized. Uh, even three days before they couldn't, they, the, the, the organizer pulled out, they got to put another one in. Well, one thing he did notice is he says that the police were every, were completely accommodating. They let them go wherever they wanted to do. They got to go in front of the White House. They, they got the permit very quickly. And we know from experience, it doesn't happen that way when we try to get those permits. So it was a very, it, it, he was, he's, he's going to be putting a video up and it should be quite interesting. They were quite rabid and quite anti-Catholic and anti-religious. That was going to be my follow-up. I wanted to, like, what was the dispositions of the, the people? Like, do you see the pro-lifers and they're young and mostly Catholics. They're very devout, very joyful, smiling, right. uh, kind. What was the dispositions of the, the this women? This is resentful, uh, you know, screeching, uh, angry, uh, you know, that kind of uh, uh, that kind of attitude that you'd normally expect expect from them because they are defending a position which is against virtue. Mm -hmm. Mm, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Mr. Horvat, I don't want to take up too much more of your time. So thank you very much for joining us. And uh, I encourage people to go to uh, on YouTube, follow them on YouTube of the, the TFP student action, especially to see how what the women's march was like. I'm going to be excited to see when that video comes out and uh, what uh, the return to order website, return to order dot com. Dot uh, org dot org return to order dot org. Yeah. So check out uh, returntoorder.org for Mr. Horvat's articles. I'm sure he has dozens of articles on the pro-life movement, so make sure you check that out. And uh, is there anything else you'd like to uh, direct people to, Mr. Horvat? Uh, yes, tfp.org. And tfp.org. Absolutely. TFP. All right. Yes. Thank you very much, Mr. Horvat. God bless you. God love you. And, and we'll have to have you on in the future. Amen. And if join us in the next hour, we're about to go to a break. And in the next hour, we're going to discuss art, Catholic art versus masterworks. What's masterworks? And why do I keep seeing ads for this thing about investing in modern art? I don't want to do that. Stop trying to make me. I won't do it. Can't make me. We're going to talk about this in the next hour and fear and trembling. So join us if you can. If not, then I'll see you tomorrow at 6 a.m. Central, 7 Eastern, across the Guadalupe Radio Network. And make sure, if you want to stay in touch, join our email list. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to join our email list and keep informed and inspired. We'll see you in a second. It was somewhat of an accident, and I have a lot of windshield time driving for work, and usually I'm listening to my gospel music, and so I wanted to find something else different. And so I started scrolling. I found Guadalupe Radio. I started listening to it on a regular basis. And what I realized, had I found this station years ago, my conversion would have probably happened years ago. The Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. Most of us can recall a childhood memory of innocence and a peace that only comes from God. Yet with our busy schedules today, many families don't attend church weekly or spend much time teaching their children about God. So many families now are burdened by financial and family challenges, substance abuse, and other worries. But there is hope. Studies show that people who pray regularly and practice their Christian faith are less stressed, financially stable, more compassionate, optimistic, healthier, and happier. Experience a positive difference in your life and for your family by coming home to your parish. Learn more by visiting catholicscomehome.org today. 
Here you may find answers to your questions and discover how Jesus and the sacraments will bless your family. There's no pressure or risk. You've got nothing to lose and everything to gain. Do it for your kids. Do it for yourself. Visit catholicscomehome.org today. Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. In your car, at the office, or in your home, we're always here. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Hi, I'm Teresa with the Houston Catholic Women's Conference. You're listening to AM 1430 KSHJ Houston, part of the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul. YouTube just decided to kick us off our stream. So if you're watching or were watching on YouTube and you switched to another platform, we just started up the stream again. And uh, you can join us there. Just go to on YouTube, look up Catholic Drive Time. It should come up. If it doesn't, you should let us know because we should be the first ones to pop up when you look that up. But YouTube likes to hide our stuff. The, the social media censors are not our friends. And so let's uh, try to stay in touch. The best way to stay in touch with us is to go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT so we can get reach you if we ever get kicked off of other places and we can tell you how you can find us. Plus, every Friday, we give you unique content that you can find nowhere else. Things that are special, and uh, we're going to give that to you. We provide more than we take. We ask you to uh, help us out with a couple things. Like, for instance, we're going to plug the fact that we are raffling off a 2023 Mercedes-Benz CLA 250. That gets plugged in the email list. But most of it is us providing you things that we think will be helpful to you in your spiritual life. Oftentimes, it's movies, documentaries, that kind of thing that are not really associated with us, just things that we think you will enjoy. So make sure you do that. Go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Plus, this Friday is going to be the last time I send out a link to our private Telegram chat for a little while. And we're going to go private for a little while, so you won't be able to join for maybe, hmm, we'll say uh, maybe until Lent, mid-Lent, maybe Easter even. So if you want to be join our private Telegram chat where you can chat with us directly, go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and you will find that email on Friday. Just click the button that says to join our Telegram chat, and you would be joined in our private group chat. All right. Uh, Rudy, what do you think about uh, all the things we talked about uh, this morning so far? Whew. So many different topics here, but... Uh... Yeah, you know, uh, you know, as we were off the air there, I was uh, talking a little bit about this uh, this case with Tyree Nichols, and you know, there's a reason why I haven't brought that up in the news. Uh, these sorts of stories, they're it's indicative of of the news cycle, right? And I think that's that's sort of what I try to do here with the news. 
there's all there's the obvious news, the the news that you're getting hit over the head with. This this story, you know, is one of those examples. However, I like what you said, Adrian, that these stories are really developing. I think you mentioned that yesterday. They're developing. We're still getting all the story. It's very easy for us to get wrapped up into these stories and just get completely emotionally invested in them. And then the next day or a week later, you find out that there's missing elements. One of those uh, stories was the Paul Pelosi story. Another one of those stories was uh, it's still developing as the uh, you know the the fact that the Bidens had documents in in the in their their garage. What's going to come of that? I don't know. But uh, yeah, it's it's one of those hot button stories. You know, it's, it's hard to talk about uh, to put yourself in the shoes of the police, uh, especially when they're uh, so lambasted in our 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 uh, our day here. You know, twenty twenty. Uh, when was when were the George Floyd riots? I'm, oh my. I'm telling you, everything's yeah, a blur. Uh, yeah, everything so, during that time was, was that 2019, 20, I think it was 2020, 2020, 2021 even. You know, ever since then and even before then, police have been lambasted. And so you wonder, you know, and this isn't just uh, giving them a, a pass, you know, for whenever they do do something wrong. But put yourself in that situation. It's almost as if most people don't want you around. Obviously, you're going to see some sort of... Uh, uh, some sort of reaction from the police who have a chip on their mm-hmm. shoulder in that situation. Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to uh, to pivot, and I think that's those are great comments, and we need to. I, I think the the lesson really is what you said. Maybe we take a deep breath and wait for more information to come out. Not try to be the first person to report on a story and wait for more information so we don't get caught up in sensationalism. I know YouTube, the algorithm, the uh, the social medias. All rewards you with being the first one to talk about it, but sometimes it's better to wait a second. Uh, sometimes you got to be first. Sometimes you need to uh, report the breaking news. That's our habit here. But at the same time, many times it's good to wait. But I want to pivot and talk about, have you heard of Masterworks? Masterworks is this website. Let me read to you their about page. Masterworks says that they are a, uh, a group of people who are helping people to invest in the art market. And I saw this. I saw this on several ads. They said, we're the only platform that lets you invest in multi-million dollar works of art by artists like Basquet, Picasso, Bansky, and more. I'm like, I only know one of those. Bansky and Basquiat. Okay, see, I'm like, I don't know any (laughs) of those names. Like, the only one I knew is Picasso. So... That's the that's what they're they were advertising and I was like, "Oh, that's interesting investing in art." I like that idea. So, I went to their website and was thinking, "Okay, maybe that's something I want to invest in." And I immediately see I'm like, "Oh, okay, this is interesting." It was talking about, "Okay, the art outperforms in this area. They it has grow, grows in value, yada yada." And I was like, "Okay, well, what are they investing in?" And so I go to their price database and they show the the pictures that they're investing in. And let me see if maybe I can share this link and Rudy can uh, to, can show you and what I'm talking about. The here the images. So if you're watching online, you might be able to see it. Uh, if you're watch, if you're listening on the radio, you definitely won't be able to see it. But you can check it out. Go to masterworks.com um, forward slash research. And there you can see some of their pictures they're posting. These are hideous pieces of art. These are horrible. I was like, I would not invest in this. Even if they told me, you're guaranteed to make a million dollars by investing in this, I still wouldn't do it. 
because this is these are hideous pieces of junk, and I don't support this. I don't want to be to be backing things that look like this. They're they're hideous. They are disordered, and they're offensive to look at. And so I was like, no, like this is. And then and then I was thinking about it. Okay, investing in art. I understand. That's some like sometimes you buy things and you're you may want it personally, but at the same time you're like okay, but this will also be a good investment. A, a good example is a lot of people who have money try to buy watches. They'll buy nice, expensive watches and they say they'll say, well, it's also an investment because if the watch will hold value, my money won't. The, the watch may even grow in value. So I understand that, but in this situation, this is purely like buying stock. You won't actually have the painting. And you are not going to be able to look at the painting other than looking into photo of it, which you can do already for free. You're not going to have the painting up in your house. Also, it's ugly. So now we have turned so-called art. So there's two issues here, the ugliness and the investment aspect of it. We've turned art into not something that is worthy of, uh, of admiration, something that is, that is sublime, that lifts your mind and heart to God. Instead, we turn it into an investment, something that you can take and you're saying, okay, well, I'm going to make some money off of this. I'm going to have it up and I'm going to invest in this artist. I know they're popular. I'm doing some research. If I know, okay, this artist is probably going to make a huge bunch of money. So let me start buying their art. Instead of saying, well, this is the most beautiful artwork that I can find. I'm going to buy this because it's beautiful. It's good. And I want to support this artist. Instead of having that idea, instead of being a patron of the arts, we want the arts to be patrons of us. And that's a problem. And then the ugliness aspect of it. We have destroyed art. And I want to maybe one day have a, have a long conversation about this. We have destroyed art. All this art is so ugly. It's hideous. Like, for instance, this one thing is two trucks doing the marital act together. Like they're vehicles. They're cars. And you're like, okay, what? That's one, you can't do that. It doesn't make any sense. And two, why do you even need to have that kind of theme in it? The other one here is it looks like disembodied parts. They're just body, their legs, arms, heads, eyes. It's a classic Picasso, very ugly. And then there's this other guy, which it's just red paint with scribbles and marker lines. This isn't art. This isn't beautiful. This is disordered. There's no order to it. And I want to contrast that with my uh, little sister's art. So the, this was a, all a ploy to plug my little sister. If you go to, if you follow on Instagram or you follow me on Facebook, I post pictures of my sister's art all the time on, on Facebook. But if you check on, if you look on Instagram, Emily Fonseca art, you can see my sister's art. And my sister, you know, people like to brag about their, their family. Oh, my, my sister does this. Oh, they do this. They're, they're, so, they're so great. My sister is legitimately one of the best artists alive today, at least as far as I've seen. And that may not be true in the sense that there may be great artists out there, but for some reason, people who are really, really skilled, like if you've seen Picasso's early work, Picasso is an amazingly skilled artist, but he chose to do ugly things. And I think that's probably the case for many such modernist art. I think many of these modernist artists could do beautiful artwork. They just choose not to. And I, that's disordered. And so my little sister has been uh, learning classical art, uh, Renaissance-style art, and she's been painting in the realist tradition. And if you uh, take a look at the, that art, if you go to Instagram, Emily Fonseca Art, 
you can see what she's doing here. And there's a imitation of reality. And people say, well, realism isn't the highest form of art. I think it is because it's imitating the art that God made because God created reality. He is the, he's the divine artist. And so when you're imitating, you're, you're, when you're trying to be good, you're trying to be perfect, you're trying to be holy, good, true, beautiful, you're all trying to imitate what is within the mind of God, what is, what is godly. But in order to do that, you have to imitate the example that God gives us. So for goodness and truth, God gives us the saints. He gives us our Lord. He gives us our lady. And beauty, he gives us the same thing, our the saints, our lady. But he also gives us nature. And nature is also good and true as well. But for the purposes of what we're talking about, for beauty. And so all the things, like if you start distorting them, there is a something that's lost there. Now, I know there's arguments that can be made about the Impressionists and how they were trying to show forth not just the exterior reality that we can see with the senses, but also the interior hiddenness of those things. And there's something to be said there. There's a reason why we draw our Lord with a halo with a cross on it. There's some reasons why we draw the angels in a certain way, even though we don't see them. So there's, there's an element to that that can be true, but it has to be done in a real and true way, in a good way. And I think that's often lost. And the other artist that I was thinking of that is a excellent artist is Kate Capado, uh, or Capado. I forget how to say her name correctly. Uh, if you go to visualgrace.org, her art is also very good. I There's something that I don't like about it. I think it's because she uses real-life models that are people who are alive today, and it kind of looks like people you know. It's like, oh, that person, our lady, kind of looks like someone I know personally. And uh, it, it just kind of throws me off as, as a little weird. And I also don't like the aspect of it. So you have to check it out yourself, visualgrace.org. I also don't like the way she depicts like Padre Pio here. Like he seems there's a lack of seriousness and gravitas to him. And so that's the other thing. Even though they're highly skilled and a lot of people are highly skilled in their art, I think there's an element that's been lost that we have to understand interiorly about ourselves. We have to have understand there is a seriousness to the saints. Now, they, weren't, they, they, were, they were joyful, but they weren't silly. They weren't the same way that we think of. I'm thinking of my sister did a, a great drawing of St. Jacinta Marto, who is one of the Fatima children. And you look at her face and you can tell that's a face that saw hell. That's a face that realized that she needed to suffer for souls, that there was a, a genuine need to save souls. And that's lost and many times. So my point here is to is to show us that art is not for it's one, it's not what 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 MGM says MGM's uh, motto is art for art's sake whereas what art should be is art for god's sake that should be our motto art for god's sake not art for art's sake if you go to sacredartlive.org they just had their live show, but they showed off a lot of Catholic artists. And you can see kind of a compare and contrast. What is good art? What is bad art? What do you like and why? Analyze your tastes. We have to cultivate our tastes, and we don't do that very often. So all this is to uh, end up saying I'm, uh, I don't like masterworks.com. I do like my sister's art. Go to M- Instagram, Emily Fonseca Art, plug in that. Anyway, we're going to go to our game show. Fear and Trembling, call 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. You can be our caller, so call now, 877-757-9424.
Hi, I'm Debbie Giorgiani. And I'm Adam Bly. We're the hosts of The Spirit World every Saturday morning on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Join us as we help answer your questions on angels, demons, and how the physical and spiritual worlds interact. That's The Spirit World from the Station of the Cross Studios every Saturday at 11 a.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Central, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Hello, this is Steve Gleason with your one-minute tool for Catholic evangelism. Here's the question for your non-Catholic friend. What does it take to constitute an actual church? Well, here's your three best friendship tools for Catholic evangelism. Number one, a gathering of Christians is not automatically a church. Although Matthew 18 says, where two or three are gathered in my name, I am in their midst. That is not a text to be interpreted as a premise for a church. That's a requirement to legitimize an accusation. Secondly, Catholic teaching. Christ established and sustains the church as both a mystical community and a visible organization with hierarchy and jurisdiction. And thirdly, my take. Eventually, you have to decide what one item is absolutely essential for our Lord to say, that's my church. So is it a church if there's simply a common belief in the Bible or perhaps just a doctrinal agreement? Is it compliance to the Apostles' Creed? Could it be the stamp of approval from a denomination? Maybe an ordained pastor makes it officially a church. So, you know that place you've been attending every Sunday morning at 10 a.m.? Maybe it's not even a church. Maybe it's just a good, healthy hangout. Ooh. Holy raffle, Batman! The GRN is raffling off a Mercedes-Benz CLA 250C. If we win, that could be our new Batmobile. Great idea, Robin. Uh, How do we get tickets? Easy, Batman. Just go to grnonline.com or call 888-784-3476. Tickets are $25 for one or $100 for five. I knew you were good for something. Quick, hand me my bat phone. Welcome to another round of fear and trembling. (laughs) The Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424 is the number to call if you want to be a participant in Fear and Trembling, our weekly, or I guess daily, our daily Catholic Trivia Game Show. And if you want to win a prize that we're giving away this Friday, 877-757-9424 is the number to call to get your chance to be entered into our coffee cup of divine providence the game is pretty easy and you can play by calling in 877-757-9424 the game is very easy we we are going to ask uh or i'm going to ask rudy a question not going to ask you i'm going to ask rudy a question and he's going to give me an answer and it's your job to tell me was rudy correct or was he incorrect did he lie to you or did he tell you the truth is he messing with you who's tricky is it rudy um, well, that's going to be your job. So it's a 50-50 chance of you winning. That's 877-757-9424. Rudy Carlos is on the, the line waiting for you to call in, and you can be our contestant to play today's Catholic Trivia Game Show. Just call in 877-757-9424 to be a participant in Fear and Trembling. And without uh, further ado, the our game show sponsor today is Davinia Water. And if you want to be a participant and win this, uh, this is a, a water bottle or some distinguished bottled water 
on the market is free from microplastics, from heavy metals, pharmaceuticals, hundreds of other contaminants. It's a purified water brand to be bottled in glass for quality. Uh, you know, you think about, you know, we're trying to be more health conscious these days. And things are not looking good in terms of our try, people trying to give us all these processed foods, the seed oils, uh, plastics in our food, all these things. Well, I think some, one way that we can fix this is maybe try to stop getting so much bottled water and maybe get glass bottled water by Divinia Water. And so Divinia Water is going to ship you a water bottles uh, right to your door that offers convenient subscription models. You can check them out at DiviniaWater.com to learn more information. Uh, but Rudy, uh, what? tell me more about Divinia Water. It's something that you, it's a repeat sponsor, right? Yeah, this is a repeat sponsor. Praise be to God. Thank you so much, Divinia Water. You know, we've uh, talked about the water supply here on Catholic Drive Time before. Uh, we had an interview just recently. You can look it up on our YouTube page. And uh, the person we interviewed was telling us about all of these crazy pharmaceuticals that are being put into the water supply. Now, just consider this for a moment. Now that Roe versus Wade has been overturned, it's uh, a lot more common for women to procure their abortion through a pill. And, well, that ends up in the water supply, unfortunately. So Divinia Water is one of the most distinguished bottled water companies on the market. It's free from microplastics. It's free from those pharmaceuticals I just mentioned and hundreds of other contaminants. So if you care about your health, if you want to take a look at uh, what Divinia has to offer, just go to DiviniaWater.com. And thank you so much. They're a Catholic company, so go out and support them. Awesome. Awesome. Oh, we love Catholic companies. That's yeah, our, our primary primary thing we want to we want to promote is our Catholic Amen. companies. Uh, but joining us right now, is it Mary? It's Mary Rita, M-A-R-Y-R-I-T-A. Mary one, Rita. It's all one word. Mary yes. Rita. Good morning to you, Mary Rita. Where are you calling from? Alito, Texas. Alito, Alito, Texas. Awesome. Uh, what is Alito, Texas known for? Um, Bearcat football state championship number 11. Ooh. Oh, wow. There you go, folks. Well, praise be to God. Thank you for calling in. Where are you headed off to today? I am staying home. I'm ice thin. Oh, no. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well. So maybe you should consider some ice fishing or <laughs> uh, polar bear wrestling or something what else like do that. You do? Right? Throw some snowballs. What does one do Make when a it's snow snowed fort? in? What is there to do at home when you're when you're snowed in? When you're snowed in, um, or iced WFH, in rather. Work, uh, WFH, work from home. Work from home. <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's very nice. You know, yeah, the old, that's, a, that's a COVID acronym. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much for calling in. And uh, let's jump into the game show. Are you ready, Marion? Or do you, uh, Mary Rita, do you know the uh, how the game works? Oh, yes. I'm going to tell you if Rudy is telling the truth or a lie. Absolutely. You know it. You're, you're familiar. All right, let's jump into it. Rudy, are you ready? I, I, play, I played once before. Oh, oh welcome nice. back. Welcome, welcome back. back. I am ready, Adrian. Let's do this. Awesome. Let's do it. So the first question is, what profession is St. Andrew the Apostle patron of? Ah, I see. Okay. Well, his profession is driving. He's the patron saint of Mercedes Benzes. Really? Yeah. Wow. 
Well, Mercedes Benz, they used to be like a wagon, right? Like they exactly. Used to be yeah. A wagon, and then over time, they yeah. developed and it became, became a brand. Yeah. It became uh -huh. a, a vehicle that we're raffling off with the GRN that That's you can exactly purchase tickets right. for at grnonline.com. That is that what it was? Exactly. Okay. Wow. Okay. That's awesome. Well, Mary Rita, uh, Rudy said that the question. So the question is, what profession is Saint Andrew the Apostle patron of? Is it of car making? Is it patron saint of uh, Mercedes Benzes? What say you, Mary Rita? Is Rudy telling you the truth? Is he lying to you? What say you? He's lying to me. He's lying Are to you. Are you sure? I mean, that it sounds pretty convincing to me, <laughs> Rudy. That is correct. That is correct. Of saint course, Saint Andrew is the the patron saint of fishing. Which oh. Adrian, you should have uh, prayed, you know, for his intercession. Honestly, maybe I should have gotten a giant tuna. And maybe I could have uh, not been sick on the on the water. <laughs> I still, I still have land sickness. No way. I still have land. I'm, I'm so, wow. I'm so over it. I'm so done with this. Well, Marita, well, we, we were on the water a little bit ago. We went on the Good News cruise. Nice. Oh, nice. nice. A See, I think I would do that because they have like stabilization. So you're not like rocking the whole time. <laughs> These seven foot waves and you're just like, oh, I'm going to be sick. Oh, uh, it's a, no, not, the not, good not news fun. cruise was a, was a married retreat on the high seas with Teresa Tamio and Krista Bonick and a whole bunch of others. That's awesome. That's awesome. One day, one day I'd like to go on something like that. Alrighty, Mary Rita, let's jump into question number two. Rudy, are you ready? Let's do this. All right. Question number two is, what is the name of the white resin from Arabian trees, which translated means pure? Ah, uh, yes. In Arabia, we call it Habibi. 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 Okay. Okay. Like that. That's interesting. like that. Habibi. You know, I actually have a friend named Habibi. Really? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's interesting. Hmm. So... The question is, Mary Rita, what is the name of the white resin from Arabian trees, which translated means pure? Rudy seems to think that it's Habibi, or as Rudy might say, Habibi! Habibi! Or something like that. Mary Rita, is Rudy telling the truth? Is he lying to you? Is he right? Is he wrong? Let me know, Mary Rita. What say you? He's wrong. He's wrong! <laughs> Nailed it! That's two yes. for two. Do you have any idea of what the resin is, Mary Rita? No. no. Yeah, I wouldn't well, know either. They call it frankincense, like and it smells great. Frankincense. Ah. Frankincense. Ah, see, I didn't One know of the that. Gifts. I didn't know that. One of the gifts they gave to our I world. can say, as someone who's been a thoroughfare for, for mass, putting frankincense, because usually it's just incense, but on special occasions, Father brings out the frankincense. Ah, smells Permeates so good. your clothes. So, oh, so good. Great. Love it. All right. All right. Well, way to go, Mary Rita. That's two for two. You're already in twice in the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence. You're going to have a great chance of winning so far. But let's see if we can get you in for numero trace. That's, uh, I think that's French for three or something like that. I'm not, I'm not good with languages. But let's get into the question. The question is, what is the name of the authentic Latin version of the Bible? Let me repeat that question. What is the name of the authentic Latin version of the Bible? Rudy, what say you? Well, that's going to be known as the Vulgate. The Vulgate? The Vulgate. 
the Vulgata, as it would say in Latin. Yes, oh, one, wow. of, one of the, the very first authentic traditions, I mean traditions, translations is what I mean to say. Wow. Thanks be to God. And uh, I believe the Dewey Rames is based off of the Vulgate, so hmm. uh, that's the version I personally like. But I'm going to say it's the Vulgate. It's the Vulgate. Okay. Well, Marita, you've got two for two so far. Let's see if you can get it in for three. The question is, what is the name of the authentic Latin version of the Bible? Rudy says Vulgate. Is he lying to you? Is he telling you the truth? Is he right? Is he wrong? Let me know, Marita. What say you? He's finally telling the truth. <laughs> He's finally nailed it. Three for three. Mary Rita over here. Mary Rita. Nailing it. Getting all three questions right. She knows. She can tell. She can She's tell if you're, if you're right or wrong. She's totally wise. Clearly. She's snowed in. She's snowed in. She's iced in. She's iced <laughs> Mary oh. Rita, thank you so much for playing with us this morning. You're welcome. Thank you very much, Mary Rita. Uh, don't go anywhere. We're going to put you on hold. Rudy's going to get your information, so that way if you win this uh, Friday, we can send you that uh, prize that you so rightfully would deserve if we draw your name out of the coffee cup of divine providence. And yes, the Vulgate. That's my favorite translation as well. It is the uh, the translation that I use, uh, the Douay Rames and the Knox Bible. Actually, the, the one I use for the gospel of the day in the mornings is actually the Knox Bible because it's a uh, it's a it's also based on the Vulgate because it's a it's hard a, knocks life. It's a because it's a hard knocks life for us. So no, it's it was the favorite translation of of who is one of my favorite saints. Uh, Trivia question. Trivia that question is Fulton Sheen. I was about to say Fulton, Fulton Sheen. Sheen. That's Fulton right. Sheen loved the Knox Bible. He often would quote from it because it was based off the Vulgate. And it was a little bit easier English to use, so it was not as uh, difficult to read as a Dewey Rames. Though I kind of like the Dewey Rames better, but sometimes when I'm reading it out loud, the Knox Bible is easier for me. All right. Well, that's going to do it for today. Thank you for joining us. If you can join us online, you can join us at our Catholic Drive Time live streams, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, not Instagram, uh, Twitter, Rumble, Odyssey. All those platforms, go to grnonline.com forward slash CDT to find it all right there linked up. And you can join us in the after show. If not, we'll see you tomorrow morning when we're going to be talking to you about the latest and the breaking news and information, breaking news. And I think we're going to be having Ryan Grant on tomorrow. So be tuned in for that. All right. God bless you. God love you. And we'll see you tomorrow. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Guadalupe Radio Network now brings you the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass from the chapel at Our Lady of Corpus Christi in Corpus Christi, Texas. .org or salt.net. Today we celebrate the Wednesday in the fourth week of Ordinary Time, and the intention for today's Mass is for all of our online viewers and for those joining us through Guadalupe Radio. Please join us in seeing all creatures of our God in here. 
All creatures of our God and King, lift up your voice and with us sing. Alleluia, Alleluia. Thou burning sun with golden beam, Thou silver moon with softer gleam, Oh, praise Him, oh, praise Him. Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. My brothers and sisters, let us acknowledge our sins and so prepare ourselves to celebrate the sacred mysteries. I confess to Almighty God and to you, my brothers and sisters, that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and what I have failed to do through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore, I ask Blessed Mary, Ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Let us pray. Grant us, Lord our God, that we may honor you with all our mind and love everyone in truth of heart. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, God, forever and ever. Amen. Our reading from the letter to the Hebrews. Brothers and sisters, in your struggle against sin, you have not yet resisted to the point of shedding blood. You have also forgotten the exhortation addressed to you as children. My son, do not disdain the discipline of the Lord, or lose heart when, he repro when reproved by him. For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. He scourges every son he acknowledges. Endure your trials as discipline. God treats you as his sons. For what son is there whom his father does not discipline? At the time, all discipline seems a cause not for joy but for pain. Yet later it brings the peaceful fruit of righteousness to those who are trained by it. So strengthen your drooping hands and your weak knees. Make straight paths for your feet, that what is lame may not be dislocated but healed. Strive for peace with everyone, and for that holiness without which no one will see the Lord. See to it that no one be deprived of the grace of God that no bitter roots spring up and cause trouble, through which many may become defiled. The word of the Lord. The Lord's kindness is everlasting to those who fear him. The Lord's kindness is everlasting to those who fear him. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all my being bless his holy name. 
Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The Lord's Lord's kindness kindness is everlasting to those who fear him. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. For he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. The Lord's kindness is everlasting to those who fear him. But the kindness of the Lord is from eternity, to eternity toward those who fear him, and his justice toward children's children among those who keep his covenant. The Lord's kindness is everlasting to those who fear him. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. My sheep hear my voice, says the Lord. I know them and they follow me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Mark. Glory to you, O Lord. <clears throat> Jesus departed from there and came to his native place, accompanied by his disciples. When the Sabbath came, he began to teach in the synagogue, and many who heard him were astonished. They said, Where did this man get all this? What kind of wisdom has been given him? What mighty deeds are wrought by his hands? Is he not the carpenter, the son of Mary, and the brother of James and Joseph and Judas and Simon? And are not his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor except in his native place and among his own kin and in his own house. So he was not able to perform any mighty deeds there, apart from curing a few sick people by laying his hands on them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In that letter to the Hebrews in the first reading, it has been talking about those who have, the example of those who have had this tremendous faith, how they could even bring down kingdoms, or as Jesus would later say, to move mountains. The deep faith that they had by keeping their, their sight on the Lord. Keeping their sight on the Lord and having that deep faith is really essential to what it says in the first reading today. It says, you of course not have resisted it to the point of sin, to the point of shedding blood, and you have forgotten the exhortation addressed to you as children. My son, do not disdain the discipline of the Lord or lose heart when reproved by him, For whom the Lord loves, he disciplines. He scourges every son he acknowledges. I remember a friend of mine who had another best friend. um, Their mom, anytime they had a discipline, they they would get in trouble. The boys would get in trouble. And the mom would, first of all, send them to their room. And she would go downstairs in the basement and drink a hot cup of black coffee, smoke a cigarette. And then she would come up to the stairs, uh, come up the stairs to their room, and then give them the discipline that they needed. And the kids just could not figure out how mom, how their mom could, first of all, be so calm and yet still, you know, give the discipline. But the reason why was, the reason why the mom went down to the basement and had just, so that she could cool down, was because she knew that her sons needed discipline, but she didn't want to discipline them out of anger. 
didn't want the, the, the discipline to be more than what it, would, what it deserved. But it still needed to be done. Now, when it comes to God and our relationship with him, we also are disciplined, and oftentimes we don't like it. We don't like it through various trials, through different things that come in our way that the Lord sometimes either allows or actually wills. He disciplines us so that we, will, we can really be formed as his children. Imagine if we went through life and our parents never disciplined us, never said anything, never said, no, don't do that, that's not good for you, don't go there, that's the wrong place for you. We, were, we, were, we went around and did whatever we, whatever we wanted. Well, first of all, we'd probably end up being spoiled brats, first of all. And then the other thing is that we would, we would not really know what was right and what was wrong, what was good, what was bad, and we would be very disordered. But see, the Lord disciplines us so that because we are his children. That's in fact, we are the children of God through baptism. And so if he disciplines us, that means he really loves us. If he doesn't, then well, we're really in trouble. <laughs> he disciplines us because he loves us. If we are able to see with the eyes of faith, things will change for us. It's not always easy. We, have, we often forget this. We often forget that the Lord treats us this way. And so we get like, why is this happening to me? Or I don't like this person. We get very sensitive to things and to people. The key really is to realize that <clears throat> everything that the Lord brings into our life is a gift from him. Either he directly wills it or he allows it to happen. If we see that everything comes through his providential care, then we will begin to understand the discipline of the Lord and we will not be so quick uh, to not accept it well. We often just get angry, we get upset, sometimes we cry with the things that are happening. If we recognize that the Lord is forming us always, the Lord wastes nothing. He uses everything to form us to be his sons and daughters. <clears throat> The same thing kind of is, is present in the gospel today. Jesus recognizes the lack of faith of those who, they cannot see him because they can't get over the fact that, well, we know this guy. We know where his house is. We know where his mother lives. We know where he lives. I know where you live. <laughs> and what is this? He says, where does he get all this? What on earth is he talking about? And then he has the gall to be able to speak to us like this. Jesus is, through being the prophet sent by the Lord, proclaims the truth, and the light of that truth sometimes rubs us the wrong way. We know that the most difficult people to evangelize in our life is not the person on the street, it's our own family. <laughs> you know, we're not accepted as prophets at our, in our own house. Now, we don't have to go around stirring up trouble either. But, but we should be very attentive to the Lord and particularly to the Holy Spirit. If we can look beyond sometimes the, the packaging that the Lord brings through this person or that person, and we're really listening to what God is trying to speak to us through this person, sometimes that word of truth, and it can come from the most strangest of places. But if we're attuned to the Holy Spirit, then we will accept that prophetic message. Not all the prophetic, prophetic messages are messages of doom. <laughs> the Lord sometimes, is, it is strikes right to our heart, something we need to change. So the Lord disciplines us, and if, when he does, he shows us how much he loves us.
Let us ask for the grace today and each day of our lives to be able to recognize all the ways that the Lord forms us. The people that he brings to our, in, our, in our lives, especially those who rub us the wrong way, then the trials and difficulties, all of that there is to form us for eternity. Because that's where we're going. To be with the Lord forever. May we accept all the, dis that the, discipline, all the discipline that the Lord brings into our life and accept it lovingly from him. Let us bring our prayers and petitions before our Heavenly Father. We pray for our Holy Father, Pope Francis, for Michael, our bishop, for all the bishops and the clergy throughout the ch in the church. We also pray for the people that have been entrusted to their charge. We pray to the Lord. For those who hold public office and those who assist them in promoting the common good, we pray to the Lord. For those who travel by sea, land, or air, for captives, for all held in prison, pray for those who are persecuted for their faith, that they may be, may be strengthened in their resolve to be faithful to Christ, we pray to the Lord. For all of us gathered in this sacred place by faith and devotion and by love and reverence for God, for those who are joining us online and through Guadalupe Radio, for their intentions, we pray to the Lord. Pray for all those who have died, for the holy souls in purgatory, those who have no one to pray for them. We pray to the Lord. May the petitions of your church be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, so that we may receive from your mercy what we cannot ask out of confidence in our own merits. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the bread we offer you, fruit of the earth and work of human hands, it will become for us the bread of life. Blessed are you, Lord God of all creation, for through your goodness we have received the wine we offer you. Fruit of the vine and work of human hands will become our spiritual drink. Blessed be God forever. Pray, dearly beloved, that my sacrifice and yours may be acceptable to God, the Almighty Father. O Lord, we bring to your altar these offerings of our service. Be pleased to receive them, we pray, and transform them into the sacrament of our redemption through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. Lift up your hearts. 
Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is truly right and just our duty and our salvation, always and everywhere to give you thanks, Lord, Holy Father, Almighty and Eternal God. For just as through your beloved Son you created the human race, so, so also through him, with great goodness you formed it anew. And so it is right that all your creatures serve you, all the redeemed praise you, and all your saints with one heart bless you. Therefore, we too extol you with all the angels, and in joyful celebration we acclaim. Sanctus, Sanctus, Sanctus Dominus Deus Sabaoth, Pleni sunt celi et terra, Gloria Tua, Hosanna in excelsis, Benedictus, qui venit in nomine Domini, Hosanna in excelsis. You are indeed holy, O Lord, and all you have created rightly gives you praise. For through your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ, by the power and working of the Holy Spirit, you give life to all things and make them holy. And you never cease to gather a people to yourself so that from the rising of the sun to its setting, a pure sacrifice may be offered to your name. Therefore, O Lord, we humbly implore you by the same Spirit, graciously make holy these gifts we have brought to you for consecration, that they may become for us the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the time he was betrayed and entered willingly into his passion, he took bread and, giving thanks, broke it, and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and eat of it, for this is my body, which will be given up for you. In a similar way, when supper was ended, he took the chalice, and giving you thanks, he said the blessing and gave the chalice to his disciples, saying, Take this, all of you, and drink from it, for this is the chalice of my blood, the blood of the new and eternal covenant, which will be poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this in memory of me. The mystery of faith, we proclaim your death, O Lord, and profess your resurrection until you come again. Therefore, Lord, as we celebrate the memorial of, his, of the saving passion of your Son, his wondrous resurrection and ascension into heaven, and as we look forward to his second coming, we offer you in thanksgiving this holy and living sacrifice. Look, we pray, upon the oblation of your church and recognizing the sacrificial victim by whose death you will to reconcile us to yourself. Grant that we who are nourished by the body and blood of your Son 
and filled with his Holy Spirit, may become one body, one spirit in Christ. May he make of us an eternal offering to you, so that we may obtain an inheritance with your elect, especially with the most blessed Virgin Mary, Mother of God, with blessed Joseph, her spouse, with your blessed apostles and glorious martyrs, and with all the saints on whose constant intercession in your presence we rely for unfailing help. May this sacrifice of our reconciliation, we pray, O Lord, advance the peace and salvation of all the world. Be pleased to confirm in faith and charity your pilgrim church on earth, with your servant Francis, our Pope, and Michael, our Bishop, the order of bishops, all the clergy, and the entire people you have gained for your own. Listen graciously to the prayers of this family, whom you have summoned before you. In your compassion, O merciful Father, gather to yourself all your children scattered throughout the world. To our departed brothers and sisters, and to all who were pleasing to you at their passing from this, this life, give kind admittance to your kingdom. There we hope to enjoy forever the fullness of your glory, through Christ our Lord, through whom you bestow in the world all that is good. Through him and with him and in him, O God, Almighty Father, in the unity of the Holy Spirit, all glory and honor is yours forever and ever. Amen. At the Savior's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Savior, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power, and the glory are yours, now and forever. Lord Jesus Christ, who said to your apostles, Peace I leave you, my peace I give you. Look not on our sins, but on the faith of your church, and graciously grant her peace and unity in accordance with your will, who live and reign forever and ever. Peace of the Lord be with you always. Let us offer each other the sign of peace. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, qui tolis peccata mundi, miserere nobis. Agnus Dei, Qui tolis peccata mundi, dona nobis pacem. Behold the Lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Blessed are those called to the supper of the Lamb. Lord, I am not worthy. You should enter under my roof. Only say the word, my soul shall be. For those who are unable to receive our Lord 
in the sacrament of Holy Communion at this time, we invite you to pray the act of spiritual communion with us. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there, and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. Panis Angelicus, fit panis hominum, dat panis celicus, figuris deminum. O res mirabilis, Manducat Dominum, Pauper Servus et Humilis. Let us pray. Nourished by these redeeming gifts, we pray, O Lord, that through this help to eternal salvation, True faith may ever increase through Christ our Lord. The Lord be with you. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Go in peace, glorifying the Lord by your life. Thanks be to God. Hail Mary, full of grace. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. Jesus, Holy Mary, Mother of God,
prayer of deliverance. Almighty God and Father, we beg thee through the intercession and help of the archangels, Saint Michael, Raphael, and Gabriel, for the deliverance of our brothers and sisters who are enslaved by the evil one from anxiety, sadness, and obsessions. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From hatred, fornication, and envy. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From thoughts of jealousy, rage, and death. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every thought of suicide and abortion. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every form of sinful sexuality. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every division in our family and every harmful friendship. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. From every sort of spell, malefice, witchcraft, and every form of the occult. We implore thee, deliver us, O Lord. Thou who said, Peace I leave with you, my peace I give unto you, grant that through the intercession of the Virgin Mary we may be liberated from every demonic influence and enjoy thy peace always. In the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Celebrating the culture of life, this is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Amanda Smith, Assistant Principal at St. Elizabeth.